Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. I'm back. Thank yes, you. Yes, welcome uh, back. Thank you for uh, recording with Josh last week. I got a chance to listen to the episode. You guys did fantastic. Yeah, Josh has it. been uh, has been awesome in the last, uh, I guess, six to eight weeks. <laughs> yeah, come up, like three times, three or four times, I think. <laughs> uh, you know, famous last words, but I think I think future Thursdays should be good for me, anyways. Thinking, thinking, you know, deep thoughts. <laughs> yeah, unless like. No, I mean, BlizzCon, usually you're traveling. That's probably yeah, the I'll next one. Yeah, I'll miss one for BlizzCon. I'll miss one for DreamHack Atlanta. But I think that that's it till the end of the year. Knock on wood, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I should be around. Uh, and, oh, actually, <laughs> I, might not be, I might not be around for the BlizzCon one. So uh, we'll have to see what we do there. But well, I, I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. But anyways, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. But I do appreciate it. I was... Uh, uh, believe it or not, it was my fourth wedding anniversary, so we went out. Uh, that seems like wrong. I yeah. mean, I know, I know it's right, but like, yeah. I know. I didn't want to give up the podcast either, but I was like, ah, I better go out for dinner. As you know, we'll, we'll, no, I'm just joking. Uh, it was interesting. We just, you know, we left the kids with a babysitter, and then yeah, we uh, we didn't have to record, and it was uh, it was a good time. We went for dinner, but. Uh, I did eventually find time to play video games, but before that, I, I, we did a bunch of back and forth texting over the last week to try to figure out Extra Life, because it turns out we're both very busy people. Yeah, guys. So this year, we're going to do things a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. The URL is still the same, bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2018, but... Mm-hmm. Our streaming schedule is going to be different because uh, try as we may, Ryan and I could not find some good times to do 24-hour streams in October or November. So what we're going to do is uh, Ryan is going to do some streaming on October 27th. I'm going to join him a little bit later on in the day, and then Mm -hmm. we'll stream uh, probably – we'll stream – fairly late on the 27th probably go we'll go into the into the night Um, the wee hours as the wee hours of the morning yeah Mm -hmm. we'll do that um but yeah i don't think we're going to be able to actually do a a 24 hour stream on the 27th um but we're Mm -hmm. going to go pretty long and then uh we're going to do a second stream um on november 10th so at least i'll be there ryan might that on that day ryan is probably going to drop in and out so yeah cumulative i'm sure yes. it'll be more than 24 hours because yes. we we were discussing it's like wow if we can't do a 24-hour chunk we should look at just like making a whole campaign of it and uh, we ha- we have a, a very a fantastic team in which if you are on that team you're listening to this and this is the first time hearing of it well we're going to send you an email we'll figure some things out and we'll drop some some dates in but i think between all of us on the team, you're gonna have, if you're a fan of Extra Life and watching people play video games into the wee hours, as we said, there's probably gonna a lot of, be a lot of people. I know Josh, he already did a 24-hour stream, and I, I'm Josh. You should have plugged that on the Gamers In. I think he did it right <laughs> after. Now, I mean, I guess it didn't matter, but I, I you know, he uh, he he did one last weekend. I think did 24 hours. I was talking to him about this yeah on Tuesday actually. So uh, people are already streaming. People are setting some things up. So yeah, Extra Life is uh, is upon us. It's, it's crazy to think that it's already uh, the end of September. But I, uh, one note I did want to make is that last year we had some amazing people donate some prizes. Uh, we're going to be doing that again where every time you donate, you get to pick from a list of games. Most are, I think most, if not all, are Steam codes. Uh, but if you do have extra Humble Bundle, Steam codes, anything like that that you'd like to donate uh, to the cause, you can send an email, info at gamersinpodcast.com with your name and just uh, the, the name of the game. And then we can get in touch with you for the code or send us the code, whatever works best for you. Um, but yeah, if you want to donate those, you can email us and, and uh, they'll go to a, a great cause, Extra Life. It'll be fun. 
So again, guys, in case you don't listen all the way to the end of the show every week, our email is info at gamersinpodcast.com. So you guys can uh, shoot us some codes over there if you'd like to donate to the cause. You can also help us by spreading our Extra Life link. Again, that's bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2018. And uh, if you'd like to, if you'd like to do some streaming, you can also join the team. The team is open. So we look forward to all of the Extra Life events that are going to be going on over the next few months. So thank you guys so much for supporting us. Thank you guys for understanding our crazy ridiculous schedules this year and uh yeah we're looking we're looking forward to the the streaming that we're going to be able to do so mm-hmm. uh ryan you mentioned that you have had some time to play some games what have you been up to yeah so it turns out missing a week uh during the busiest month of video game releases creates a bit of a backlog of of, of content <laughs> you can talk about so i will i'm gonna go through these first two real quick because i know we've talked about them before uh, myself and Josh last week, but Spider-Man, I finished it. I finished the main story. I wrapped up all the side quests and collectibles. I basically like put the blinders on and was just like, I am going to finish this game because I'm in love with it so much. Um, I don't know if you got any further since we last spoke, but uh, that game I've, goes places. I've, I played a couple more times, mm-hmm. but I still got like, sidetracked into finding all the collectibles and stuff so i haven't actually progressed my main story any further but um in terms of the main story were you satisfied with it overall its length it's concludes like without actually spoiling it was it was it an enjoyable experience when you got to the end yeah no i i really thought the story was probably i mean i'm not a comic book person so when i say this statement like it does not include the comics. It's mostly just the movies. But I'd say it's probably the best Spider-Man story that has been presented to me and that really? I've consumed. I, I really thought so. Like, I'm, you know, my, again, experience being, you know, Tobey Maguire, uh, the Garfield kid, and then, and then you know, the Tom Holland guy who, who plays mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Those Spider-Man movies, that's my experience with Spider-Man. Those who are comic book fans are, you know, you probably have a story that connected with you more. But this one... From a video game perspective, from a Spider-Man perspective, I thought that the story was really well crafted, and, and it's probably my favorite Spider-Man Spider-Man story. Just the way that they introduced uh, new characters, and they had their own spin on the characters. You know, introducing uh, people who weren't villains uh, yet. You know, like the Rogues Gallery, basically that you expect these guys to show up and they're already present. Like this is the Spider-Man that's been around for eight years and there are villains that are, that are clearly missing. I mean, we already talked about this last week, the mayor of, uh, of, of the town, Norman Osborn, he is the green goblin in Spider-Man lore, but you know, he isn't that at the beginning or in the game, you know, uh, it's not a spoiler because you know, the first thing is like, he's the mayor of the town. It's like, Oh, well, and I, I guess, I guess not that really went a, a different guy. direction. Yeah, exactly. You know, but they but they still introduce, you know, these these aspects to that character that you'd be like, huh, okay, well it's it's not necessarily heading down the same path, but you But he's see, also not a good guy. <laughs> yeah, he's not a good guy. He's a he's a complex uh, character. So where they go with the story and where they end it and they set up the sequels, they do the whole like Marvel thing where there's like the credits and there's like two or three post credit scenes that are straight up like here's the sequel that you won't get to play for the next three years because it takes time to, to make these things. Um, so that's both awesome and a little frustrating because we're not going to get that story anytime soon. Um, but uh, yeah, I really dug the story. Uh, I, I I don't know if other people are are sort of agreeing with that. I, I think most people are, most people like the story in that game. I haven't seen, although I've been avoiding anything that says spoilers, because obviously mm. I'm not finished, um, but I haven't seen anything that looks like any kind of negativity surrounding Spider-Man. It seems to be generally well-received overall, so I would yeah. be absolutely shocked, because I feel like everyone has been talking about this game. I'd be shocked if it didn't get a sequel. Yeah, oh, it, I mean, the ending pretty much spells out a, a, mm. a, an, an interesting you know, sequel path uh and and yeah i I really look forward to it the only thing i didn't do and i want to give a just a piece of information to folks who are still playing through including yourself uh is that i haven't finished all the crimes in the districts there's like four different variations of the random crimes that pop up Mm -hmm. and they ask you to finish five of each of those variations to 100 percent the district so i'm missing one trophy for the platinum and that's just the do the random crimes 
So as you're going through, when one of those crimes pops, go do it. Or else you're just going to be running around doing them, and that's it at the end of the game if you're going mm. for the platinum. And it's it's not... Um, it's fun, but it's kind of tedious. So mm. you just kind of... I, I keep that in mind and, and maybe... Maybe go and save do the magic. Yeah, because I know when I was sitting there playing through and Matt was watching me and Matt has finished the game now and he was mm-hmm. watching me play and he's like, that citizen needs help. You're Spider-Man. What do you do? Why aren't you helping? What are you doing? And I was like, no, but I need there's a backpack over there. There's a, you know, this quest I need to go do or like, I don't have time for that right now. But you're saying it's better to to just do them when they pop up. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I think so. But you are a grizzled old Spider-Man, so, like, maybe ignoring one, like, letting the cops do, you know, pull their weight a little bit, like, I think that's Well, and that was my point, is I was like, look, the cops are literally there. It's a police chase. They're already there. They're doing the chasing. Come on. They'll figure it out. (laughs) Uh, Earn your keep, cops. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm, I'm really, I really, really like the game. Like, it's been a long time actually playstation's been really killing it this year with games that have just Mm -hmm. really latched on to to the type of games i love like looking at god of war uh detroit i don't know what it is but like they've just been dominating first party titles this year uh nintendo hasn't hasn't come close and i loved all the nintendo titles that came out last year uh we're not even going to talk about microsoft but uh yeah (laughs) I, i think Spider-Man is a game that if you have not played it and you own a PS4 and you're just remotely interested in in superhero uh, type content, you really owe yourself to to try this out. And the fact that there's DLC coming out at at the end of October and usually like I wince and and I wait for people to complain about DLC coming out so soon, but I haven't seen that, which is really awesome. And maybe that's because people want more of this game. Uh, But personally, I'm really looking forward to, to new content uh, coming out at the end of October, which will probably spur me to get back in and, and do more of those those crime solving. Did uh, you ever start using the fast travel system or did you keep swinging around the city because it never got old? Uh, I, I did it a bit uh, just to get the trophy because <laughs> there is a uh, trophy for, for doing the, the, the fast travel. Uh, hmm. And then if I needed to get if I needed to get from like the is top that of the, the island riding the, the subway trophy. Yes. Because I have tried to jump down into subway openings when I see trains going by and I die every time. Mm. And I was like, how am I supposed to ride the subway? What am I not getting here? It's like, oh, that's the fast travel. That's the fast travel. I'm an idiot. (laughs) And it it, it actually is one of the coolest. It's it's really cool and cute the way they do it because early on in the game, uh, you're just riding the subway, interacting with other citizens. Like, it's it's actually quite cute and then later on in the game when when some stuff goes down it changes the way you ride that subway like you're still riding the subway but you're doing it in a very different light because it's it just represented the state of the game which i thought Mm -hmm. was really cool the way they did that so just all the little touches of this this game and the combat like i think we talked about it two weeks ago where the combat at first felt a little cumbersome uh, doing some of the challenge stuff, trying to do the combat challenges, I quickly learned that the way to really love combat is to just use all your gadgets all the mm. time. Just like swapping in between them and, and combining, like, you know, stunning everybody with electricity, throwing out your, your spider bots, your impact web, uh, your, your web bombs, like just using all of it because it all recovers so quickly that you, you're never going to run out. So, mm. yeah, I just, superb game. Uh, very very good and the story ended in 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 a fashion that uh just i haven't seen done in in a in a spider-man story before so it was they they had their own twist on it uh similar to batman arkham asylum they kind of took the batman lore and then they said okay this is this is the rock steady batman lore this is the insomniac spider-man lore and and i think Mm. they did a really good job with with very cool uh one other thing that i did want to talk about before we move away Mm. from playstation is um we had a conversation last week, Josh and I, about all the cool stuff that's coming up with Red Dead Redemption 2. And I asked this question in the Discord, but I am curious about your take. So mm. I am super on the fence because my PlayStation 4 is like, it's just, it's old. And Red Dead Redemption 2 looks so good. And they've bundled it with the PlayStation 4 Pro. And so essentially, the game is free because the um, 
PlayStation 4 Pro bundle with Red Dead Redemption 2 is the same price as the normal PlayStation 4 Pro. So since I was going to buy the game anyways, that's almost like getting almost 100 bucks off of a PlayStation 4 Pro if I just go get it. So is it and we do have a 4K TV. Oh, so um, we do. Yes. So uh, Matt, yeah, Matt got it on uh, Boxing Day last year, I think. Um, so yeah, like we, we have the TV already. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking that that basically would put me, I, it would basically be the same sort of thing as what I was doing back when I was an iPhone user is I wouldn't get like the iPhone four. I would get like the iPhone four S because it's like the four is like the new thing, but then the, the like 0.5 is the new thing improved. So I felt like I was always getting like, not so much like beta tech. I was getting like the new improved version of the thing that they'd already done. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, then, cause that's kind of what these like halfway through console cycle consoles feel like is it's like, it's kind of the same as the original, but like amped up. Right. Right. So then it would put me on the amped up cycle when they've kind of gotten rid of all the bugs with what their current gen console is. Yay or nay. Well, I mean, the fact that you have a 4K television makes this a, like a lot easier and that you currently, this is something I was, I think I was going to write in Discord, but then I was like, uh, you know, and I think I opted for the, you know, kind of looking at the half step mechanics and, and whether they'll do that in the future. But this is all anecdotally because I don't have a 4K television, but I have, uh, I had a friend or well, I have a friend who got a 4K television, and he had his old uh, PlayStation 4 hooked up to it, and and I had played a little bit of it. The 4K televisions will do, they will take that signal from a PS4 and apply the the technology of the 4K television and make it look better than it would have looked on a 1080 a 1080p right. television. It's like if you were to somehow hook up your PlayStation to an old tube TV and then suddenly move it over to the 1080p TV, like the the PlayStation isn't doing anything different. It's the t- the way the TV is displayed. The TV is, yeah. So the 4K television is already taking the PS4 and, and giving you a better look and feel. Uh, so if you have a 4K television and you're looking at that PS4 Pro, I've actually also heard anecdotally that the PS4 Pros that came out at launch did have like some, not defects or bugs, they're just, they were, they were early. And the, the new revisions that have come out now are significantly quieter and they just run a lot better. Uh, so now is a good time to get a Pro. Keeping in mind, though, that the Pro, uh, any new console you buy right now, and uh, other than the Switch, you're looking at a limited life cycle, right? Because I'm pretty sure you're going to get the PS5 or the Xbox One two three the xbox uh, two yeah <laughs> xbox whatever they decide to do 1.2 or one one two or yeah uh you're probably looking at maybe two maximum three years before that new console hits um, but then see i wouldn't buy the playstation hmm. 5 because things would probably be supported on the four then the one that i would buy would be like the 5.5 or the 5 pro or whatever that's going to be do you know yeah. what i mean like that's that's the cycle i'd be on i wouldn't be on the new console i'd be on the new console improved yeah uh, honestly and i would also think that the way sony the way sony might go both sony and microsoft might go similar to the Apple conundrum or, or even computers in that nature is that the 0.5 of the, of the cycle might actually be supported by whatever the new system is. Like, you, yeah. you know, my PlayStation might be left in the dust. It's too old to play, you know, the, the next generation of games, but maybe the PS4 Pro will at least be compatible in some sense of like a, like a, a downgrade of that game. Rather mm-hmm. than what we saw before with the Xbox 360 to the Xbox One, where people were releasing across both consoles, you see that again, but it's still one game, and you can play it on either. either. I, I honestly don't know what's going to happen, but I think the you know long story short, if you already have a 4K television and you have a game that you specifically want to enjoy on your PS4 Pro, I think Red Dead Redemption Two is a solid choice. Uh, that game looks phenomenal, and uh, it's not coming out on PC, so nobody can make mm-hmm. that argument that, oh, just put it on your PC and dual quad core it all up and you'll be fine. Uh, no, just get the PS4 Pro because I I don't see Red Dead Redemption 2 coming out on PC until 
this time next year. Like it's going to, if it happens, it's going to take time. Mm -hmm. Well, and then, so like right now on the PlayStation 4, that came out back in 2013. So it's literally a five-year-old console now in terms Mm -hmm. of like tech. Crazy. And the PlayStation 4 Pro is, um, did actually come out, I guess it'll be two years ago in November. So, I mean, it's not like, new new it's the the most new (laughs) of the consoles but it's not it's still not like it didn't just come out um but yeah like i don't know i feel like i'm also not going to buy an xbox in the next console cycle i don't think because their first party stuff has just been poop so it's all on pc so it's all on pc yeah so i'm probably just going to avoid my xbox completely and i'm just going to be on the playstation train so this might be like the only console that i buy in the next few years and i haven't bought a console like i think i got my ps4 i want to say in like maybe 2014 like i i didn't because uh last of us came out and i did get a last of us bundle but i didn't actually play the game so (laughs) i didn't get it on like it wasn't super current do you know what i mean like i got it like i feel like i was like a year behind the curve on playstation the last console you would have got on launch would have been the switch right but uh yes which was the last thing i bought on launch which which feels you know feels different from from what we're talking about like it's it's in a different it's a different pillar of the Mm -hmm. of the gaming sort of choices that you have uh the only thing i would say just to play devil's advocate is one one game franchise launches with the ps5 you buy it immediately what if there's a horizon zero dawn cycle or sequel like what do you do there do you wait or do you uh do you do you that, then buy a ps5 that's the thing, <laughs> is that if there was a horizon zero dawn sequel that got bundled with a brand new playstation mm-hmm. i would want that thing so hard <laughs> but if that's the only thing the chances of that happening like horizon zero dawn came out um last year so yes. like a sequel it's been, it'll be two years in march yeah so it might even be more realistic that that game comes out late ps4 or early ps5 but but again there's been no indication that we're going to be seeing the next generation of consoles even next year at e3 and because mm-hmm. they i think they they telegraph that pretty well with the if from what i remember with the xbox one and ps4 like we we saw rumblings and even with the switch like they were talking about i mean that that was the wii u though the wii u was dead in the water so yeah uh but but at at that being said the xbox media conference they did mention that they were working on like they did strongly suggest the next console was on the horizon and i don't know and they're usually like right around the same time like you don't get a playstation console launched and two years later you get an xbox like they're like if one is launching a new console so is the other one (laughs) yeah and whether they're they're ready or not whether it's a good choice or not (laughs) well they're always working on the next thing the only the only for sure in this battle is that the the switch is is still in nintendo's eyes uh fresh from a hardware perspective they're not going to replace that thing uh for a while right out like there might be a 0.5 step people have talked about you know, having a, a different version there. But in terms of the PS4, like, I think, I think you have to, you have to boil this down to the games. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get more out of the collection of games you have now, uh, games like maybe even games that you haven't, you haven't finished or haven't played yet, like God of War or Spider-Man, like if you want to get a refresh out of those, they're probably even like, you know, God forbid, but uh, they're probably even programs at GameStop or EB Games where you can take in that old PS4 and get a another significant chunk off of that. Probably wouldn't apply to the bundle, but you'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you got to keep out keep an eye out for those deals. I honestly don't like uh I always hate kind of doing that at EB Games, but sometimes if you wait for the right deal, it, it is a good a good chunk off of the original price. Mm-hmm. You could always try selling your PS4 after you buy your P- PS4 Pro. Um and probably get, I don't know, 
up to 200 for it yeah i, would, I could probably I get guess. a couple hundred bucks for it yeah so at the end of the day it's just really 200 dollars for a for a yeah. console that can fully take advantage of your of your 4k television of the tv yeah and yeah. we'll make things like well i mean even then whenever i'm buying if i have the choice of buying on multiple consoles i usually buy on playstation i don't buy on microsoft very often um i think the last thing i bought from microsoft was sea of thieves and before that i don't even know um which is kind of funny because I do prefer the form factor of the Xbox controller, but I've just been getting so much out of my PlayStation that that's just like, I don't even think the Xbox is plugged in right now. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, mine, I'm, man, I really want to. Uh, I'm going to check out Forza when it launches uh, on the Game Pass next week. But other than that, there's really not a whole lot coming out on the Xbox One this fall, which is... Which is a bummer, but I know like you and I are, are multi-console owners plus PC players, so like throwing Microsoft under the bus here, it it might not apply to some of our listeners who only have an Xbox One in which they're going to be enjoying, you know, a lot of games on that system because they don't own anything else. So like mm-hmm. looking at it that, from that side, but in terms of just the base conversation of should you or should you not, I think if you can if you can make it work and it, and it makes sense to you, like I think you should go. You should do it, especially if there's a bundle there for a game you were gonna you were gonna buy anyway. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, I was definitely gonna buy Red Dead Redemption Two anyway. So then it's like, it's like they're having a sale on PlayStation Four Pros, right? Yeah. So it is we'll the, is the bundle I'm, I'm, have anything yeah. cool on the console, or is it just like a straight up normal PS4 Pro? No, it's just a PS4 Pro, which I actually kind of like better. Yeah. I don't necessarily always like the, I mean, some of them look kind of cool, If but some of them are just like way over the top with the graphic style and stuff. And I'm just like, I kind of just like the plain black. Like it just looks sleek, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I I agree. Like you, you could pick up the Spider-Man one, which is like a bright red, but I, I think yeah. like you're right. Like I think... Unless it's like a, a a very calm accent to the console, like if it's probably fine. But uh, if it's this complete change, it's. Uh... I feel like there was a Star Wars one that looked pretty cool. Yeah, there was one. There was an Xbox Star Wars one that was just R two D two. It was literally like mm. a white console with the proper, you know, right. the accents and stuff. And when you all the sounds that it made. If there's one thing that Microsoft has over everybody is that their consoles make much cooler sounds and it sounds like the console is actually making those sounds properly as opposed to the PS4 that just sounds like it's constantly hiccuping sounds. <laughs> that would be the one thing in terms of hardware that I give uh, give over uh, PlayStation 4. <laughs> so yeah, I totally sense. derailed the conversation, but <laughs> sorry about that. No, I think I think the conversation in Discord went about as you planned. Like everybody wants you to spend the four hundred dollars on a on a PS4 Pro, yeah. Finally, take this show into the realm of four K. <laughs> so I think that's good. You should go do that. Uh, but yeah, you also did do some stuff with the Nintendo Online launch. So you yeah. did pick up Nintendo Online because I still haven't pulled the trigger. I, I just did the free trial because okay. uh, I've had this conversation with a couple people. I listened to the show last week and, and heard your thoughts. Uh, I talked to Lou, for a, a co-host of mine on, on Zombies Ate My Podcast, and he has some thoughts. And really across the board, I think everybody's on, on the same page in that like, Games that launched with free online probably should have kept free online. I mm-hmm. mean, Mario Kart especially. Like, I think Mario Kart's a great example where it's a game that doesn't have a live service, and it's just it's just the servers that would be supported by other games that do have a live service. So, I mean, I think Nintendo should have probably looked at these as a case by case basis. Splatoon two, I get it. If you're going to support that thing with live content, certainly make it a paid uh, service. Uh, but Mario Kart, there hasn't it. It literally has not been touched outside of some of the um, the Joy-Con stuff uh, with with uh, Labo. Uh, there's mm. there's been no content added from a from a service standpoint. Uh, so that one should have probably kept as a free service. But yeah, I'm uh, I only did the seven day trial just to try it out. Uh, mainly just the NES stuff, and I gotta say, like I think the novelty of having the same 20 NES titles on a bunch of different consoles. Like I bought them on the Wii. I have some of them on my 3DS. I bought them on the Wii U. Now I have them on my Switch. I have them on the NES Mini. 
I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't. How many times are you realistically going to replay these games? Again, you know, like yeah. for the fourth time, uh, I booted them up. The system, the app works great. Everything's really snappy. It's really quick. You can jump in and jump out and do the save states. So it takes the same setup as the NES mini and kind of duplicates it software only. Uh, so that's really good. So if you don't have an NES mini and you're really into, this is the other thing too. The NES games, there's only like four good ones. Like, let's be honest. Mario 1 through 3, maybe Zelda, Metroid. Is there any other good NES games that you would actually want to physically replay? Maybe it's a nostalgia To be honest, I probably won't even replay those because I do have the NES Mini now, so... I mean, just in general, those games. Like, the NES was from a time, specifically for me, like, I jumped into it. I was a generation behind, so the, the Super NES is when I started so like the yeah, NES me doesn't too. hold. Super NES was the big time for me. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, like the NES titles, like they okay, Doctor Mario, that's a good one. Tombstone, thank you. Doctor Mario is pretty good, but but it is just it, it's kind of a clone of Tetris, right? So like I'm not pretty knocking much. it, just saying. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just feel like uh, I've played those games. You know, I'll I'll get the service similar to you when Smash Brothers comes out, and there's a need to to play something online but right now i just uh i don't really have a need for it so i'm gonna let my trial subside and then when i need it i'll resubscribe but uh even the wireless yeah, like, nes controller i mean yeah. well i'm sure we're probably going to get nintendo online because i'm sure that matt is going to want to play smash but smash isn't even a big selling point for me because i don't really like the game so it's also got to work too they had online in the last two smash brothers it never worked for me like it never felt what it needed to feel like you mm. know and uh actually scratch that the the first game that i might actually play for is super mario party which comes out next week uh and it's got online but not the board game it's got online just mini games it'll let you play five random mini games with your friends which is like oh man it, yeah it's not it's not like a mario party mode but it is something i suppose so See, like if it was full-on mario party i would pay for that because then it would be really cool to like do a game night and have like play with you and play mm -hmm. with you know friends down in the states like oh man yeah i think that would the, be great the reason is they don't want i don't know like some people were suggesting that maybe they didn't want people uh they didn't want people like rage quitting at the end and having the whole map delete but they have they have ai they could have done that and at least there's something there, so that's nice. But yeah, I, I think it's a the service will really be proved by the you know the games. So we'll see what uh, we'll see what Smash is the real test. We'll see how Smash runs because the Smash Online's never worked for me. So I want to see whether Smash Online lives up to its uh, to its uh, to its name in terms of having its online service. But yeah, it's uh, it's there. If you want more NES titles to play, you can subscribe to the the Switch. I'm sure it'll work great 20 bucks a year that's pretty good yeah i mean at least they got the price point right <laughs> yes they nailed that for sure uh so something that the both of us have been playing and i i talked a little bit about last week but we can uh, go a little bit deeper into today is shadow of the tomb raider so this is the newest entry into the tomb raider franchise and as i said last week it basically is just more tomb raider so if you like tomb raider you're gonna like this because it's yes. more of the same and uh, the one point I did make last week as well is basically uh, at that point I hadn't played too far into the story. So um, I was like basically the this game, because we already know the mechanics are fine, is going to kind of live and die by the story that they're telling. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten a little bit further into the story now and I'm I'm quite enjoying it, actually. It's it's a little bit of a different twist. And they even did some like. They did a really cool like flashback dungeon thing where like you're a kid again and you're like doing all the Tomb Raider traversal stuff and puzzle solving and things. But you're a kid in your mansion and, mm. you know, like there's uh, there's some really kind of neat story beats in Shadow of the Tomb Raider. So people basically heard my thoughts. What are your thoughts so far? Um, yeah, it's it is more Tomb Raider. I think the mechanics, like you said, they translate over really well. Uh one one thing like the story the story starts out really interesting uh and they kind of set it up as sort of the folly of being a tomb raider where she takes mm -hmm. this specific item and it it seemingly causes the apocalypse 
Um, it's sort of the Indiana Jones thing where he where he takes the he does the swap, but it doesn't quite work out, and he's chased out of the temple by a giant rock. This is like the equivalent where she takes the the the, the dagger, dagger or whatever. key thing, yeah. And then the whole temple starts to fall on top of her, and then there's a tsunami, and there's this cause of like, oh, it's the apocalypse, everybody. And that's basically the game is that it starts out really strong in terms of you've you've caused the apocalypse, and Trinity is this. Uh, is this organization that is trying to stop the apocalypse but also take advantage of it like the apocalypse mm-hmm. is a real thing and they're going to like use the mythos behind what is happening to reshape the world and their image um the tomb raider franchise especially the reboot is really played sort of realistic but also that layer of mysticism in the background this one kind of brings it to the forefront with literally you causing like a tsunami or, or mm-hmm. seemingly coincidentally causing a tsunami. But uh, I thought the beginning was very strong, but it kind of, it pumps the brakes pretty quick though uh, in terms of the story where I, it moves so slow that I kind of like, okay, what, what is actually happening here? Mm. You know, you get to this big open area. They boasted as like, this is the biggest open area in, in a Tomb Raider game. Uh, and it's a big uh, hub city and it is big. It's beautiful. There are a lot of characters, but like talking to the characters doesn't usually produce very interesting dialogue the side quests they give you are pretty uninspired and 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 like they are literally side quests like like i'm supposed to be stopping an apocalypse and you're asking me to find (gasps) it's the chicken problem (laughs) sure and now i'm having it too like i think i think for me like i don't mind side quests as long as they're being delivered to me in the same way the main quest is in terms of you know quality and i'm just not it's just not there. Like clearly there was a difference in terms of design here where the main the main quest type stuff is all like traversal and puzzles and combat and then the side quests are like uh oh I need you to free four of my friends and they're scattered over in this side of town and you just gotta run around and talk to them and then free them and then at the end of it they say, Okay, go and then you travel back across the map and they say, Okay, now go back to this point and save this person. So you travel all the way back to the other side of the map. And you go in there and there's this like really choppy cut scene where it's like, oh, you found me. Is everyone safe? And then the bad guys come in and it's like, no, it's not safe. Gah. And then he like chops them, kills them. And then you just, you have to fight like this relentless respawning of enemies. And mm. at the end, it's like, you did it. I don't know what. <laughs> I mean, I'm supposed to be stopping the apocalypse. Like, I, why, I literally why put I my here? life on hold for you guys. Like, yeah. what is happening here? <laughs> So that stuff isn't strong, but the main stuff, basically everything from Rise of the Tomb Raider that they brought over to the sequel, that stuff is super strong and I really like it. Um, the, the challenge tombs, those side quests, those are also fantastic. The puzzles are really good. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm loving yeah, it. Yeah, I had a really, I, I did the, the first challenge tomb I came across, I went in and did because I wasn't 100% sure, like, which opening was the challenge tomb and which opening was the continue the main quest. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get back here easily. So I want to do this challenge tomb right now and, and kind of see how challenging it is. And it was pretty decent. Although mm-hmm. I felt like a couple of the times that I struggled weren't because I couldn't um, figure out the puzzle. It was more so like, well, they made this awkward just for the sake of being awkward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, not necessarily a, like, challenging jump, but just, like, uh, it's it was, like, one of those, like, you have to land your character's foot, like, right on the very edge in order to be able to actually jump that far, so you're going to fail a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. And it's not that that's necessarily challenging. It's, like, you guys couldn't think of a cerebral puzzle so you just made the jump like you pushed the boundaries of your game in terms of jump distance and so that's not necessarily what i consider too challenging but that Mm -hmm. was one part of a much larger much bigger much more interesting and challenging puzzle so it didn't totally ruin it for me but i definitely got to that point was like okay come on guys like yeah the puzzles are really cool, especially when you turn. I know you talked about the difficulty settings last week, but when you turn, uh, keep. I kept combat at normal, and I turned the exploration and the puzzle stuff up to hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then through skills, you can kind of augment your survival's uh, uh, 
um, survival instinct to show what I actually wanted to show, which are collectibles and stuff, because I don't want to miss those. But I certainly mm-hmm. don't want to see every single thing that is. Oh my a, god! Yeah, every little plant gets yeah. lit up. It's like no, thank you. Just stop. <laughs> well, I mean I, that stuff. I like. I don't necessarily mind, but for me, I just didn't want to see like here's how you solve the puzzle survival instinct. So I'm glad mm-hmm. they allowed us to to you know tweak that, and uh, it, it just makes those puzzles less about like oh i can clearly see that i need to do this 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 and i should be good but really what it takes those puzzles and it turn keeps them puzzles where i actively i was doing a challenge tomb before we started recording and i was like i had to actually think use trial and error and and kind you of, had to think i what? know well video games ever since arkham asylum with the detective mode it's mm. just it's become second nature to give us this alternative vision to see exactly yeah. what you need to, to see do. all the secrets yeah. yeah it's a breadcrumb problem you know they when they added that to wow some people consider that the death of questing you know it's mm-hmm. i mean i don't because who needs to read that stuff but uh, you know with this it's uh it's it's a nice balance so i really appreciate that and you know the story might be hit and miss and like sometimes i'm really into it and some other times i'm like who are you and why mm. why do i care about you you know like it just doesn't feel like some of the characters are as memorable as the other two. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I remember Tomb Raider being being very good, and then Rise of the Tomb Raider having, you know, similarly similarly strong characters that I cared about. And this one, it's just you and the Jonah guy from from the last game, and it's mm-hmm. all new characters, you know, uh, except for Trinity. But Trinity being the faceless, where the bad guys basically bond algorithm, whatever, you know bad guys in bond are like it just it, i don't know um it's just it's it's more tomb raider but it's and maybe it's because i'm just coming off spider-man that i'm a little more critical of it because mm-hmm. spider-man was effectively in my opinion like a perfect game um but spider-man was also the first in a series by the time mm-hmm. they get to spider-man 3 it might not be as good because like, i mean you just said the first tomb raider game was awesome so maybe they're just spreading themselves a little bit too thin because yeah. we've had a tomb raider game every year right so maybe they should have made it every other year and taken a little bit more time to flesh out some of the side stuff well i you know i was doing the math with lou last night rise of the tomb raider actually came out two or three years ago but it actually came out longer because it was an xbox exclusive for mm. for the first year so it had a long it had a long tail where rise of the tomb raider came out on xbox a couple months came out on pc then a year later the whole thing plus dlc came out on ps4 and then a year after that they came out with like the 20 year anniversary so like you're right like tomb raider has been front and front and center of our minds for for quite a while to the point where shadow of the tomb raider got leaked couple years ago and i was like really another one so soon so yeah you're right like that it it might feel like this has only been a year but i don't i don't hate the game it's actually it's a lot of fun i just there are just things that bring it down like the side quests aren't very interesting uh the characters are hit and miss but there are some great characters you meet the have you made it to the hidden city yet like is that i think i just got there so i haven't because like i said i was kind of going a little bit completionist on it because mm. I wasn't sure uh, because I did know that it opened up, but mm. I wasn't really sure. Like as you're going down the path on your way there, it's not necessarily open. So I didn't know how much I was going to be able to kind of like turn around and go back up that path sort of thing. Or if the game would like avalanche rocks behind me or something right. and kind of close off the, the early uh, kind of, I don't want to say tutorial area because it's not a tutorial area, but it's the definitely the yeah. it's like it's like the path that you take before the game opens up. And so I didn't know if that path was going to stay open or not. So um, mm. I kind of took my time going through there to try to make sure I was finding all the collectibles and everything else. So, um, yeah, I took my time getting to the city. But, yeah, I did just get to the city. Mm-hmm. The city introduces some interesting characters in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, your people that are on your team as well as uh, adding a new layer to the bad guys that you didn't see in uh in the other games trinity was just like the i have an eye patch and a scar i'm the bad guy in Mm. this they actually take trinity and and make them sign up kind of a not a sympathetic but at least a relatable character like they put someone in charge who has who has an actually interesting backstory besides they killed a bunch of dudes 20 years ago 
you know so that's interesting but uh yeah no i i think if you enjoy the tomb raider franchise there's no reason to skip this one because it's actually the conclusion to that trilogy so if you really liked it uh, I, I think it's it's certainly worth checking out, and and they're going to support this thing like they have the other titles, like they've got a whole season pass, so you can check that out. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I I have mixed feelings on it, and but I but I still have been enjoying it. Um, the stealth stuff's really cool. Now you can break you can break stealth, and when you get discovered, you can actually get back into stealth a lot easier. They've added more mechanics like covering yourself in mud and, and mm. sinking back into overgrowth of vines. So that's really a, a neat uh, concept. But sometimes you get into combat where that isn't available and you, you just have to shoot it, shoot it out, right? So it varies as you mm-hmm. go through. Yeah, I found in combat specifically, even though I turned my combat difficulty down, because like I, like I said, I like the traversal, I like the puzzles of Tomb Raider combat, not so much, it's never been my thing. So I turned my combat way down, but I still found that like the AI was, and I don't know if the AI is smart or dumb, but it doesn't act the way that I think that it should act. Hmm. So like, because they give you mechanics where you can like throw rocks and cans and, you know, to distract people. Mm -hmm. And they also, I guess, have built in like if Lara is standing here, bad guys are standing here. When Lara moves, they will pace, but they don't pace back and forth like on a timer. So it's like I was at this one spot and there was like four or five trinity guys and i was trying to sneak my way around and like so i would go to one side of the room and then like all the bad guys would follow me and then i would like sneak my way up to the other side and then like it was like all the ai switched and then so i threw a can to try to at least distract the guy that was closest to me and send him back over to the other side of the room and he took like two steps and looked and was like "Eh." and then went back to to where he was because it was like there was this invisible line down the middle of the room that he wouldn't cross and i and then so i ended up getting in this giant firefight and i'm like probably would have felt better if i had been able to you know if if it felt like there were two actual strategies but it very mm-hmm. much seemed like they wanted you to get into a firefight at that point in the game and i was like but i don't want to i want to try to figure out a way to sneak around and and not engage these bad guys and um yeah so that's what i mean like i don't know if the AI is really smart and was like, that wasn't a person. That was just a can. I'm not actually going to leave. <laughs> or if the AI is really dumb and it's like not working as it's supposed to. <laughs> yeah, I'm, there was a couple moments where I had to use the stealth. I didn't run into anything like that. I was able to, there was a really badass moment where uh, it was like a, it was like a water station, uh, but there were a bunch of these piers and all the enemies were on, on the docks and the piers and I was able to kind of, so I would pop up, kill a few people. I got discovered. I would just jump back in the water and kind of swim around and, and they're, they know I'm there, but they, they go off high alert and I was able to like mm-hmm. pick them all off through stealth. That type of stuff is really cool and really satisfying, but you are just straight up just murdering a bunch of people. Oh yeah. Uh, so much murder. <laughs> there's a lot of murder in this game. And again, like coming off of Spider-Man, I know people joke like, Oh, Spider-Man murders a bunch of people like kicking them off buildings. And yeah, that's true. But like, he's not doing it with glee in his eyes. Lara's <laughs> really proud of herself. Like every mm-hmm. time she does a stealth kill, she's, uh, she gets an extra XP bonus. I, it's just a very different, you know, it's, it's from zero to one in terms of, just this bloodthirsty killing and uh yeah i i don't know and i felt like the i felt like the combat was tighter in the other ones the combat feels a little Mm -hmm. looser in this one i remember being able to dodge a lot easier in the other one and getting the sort of the quick time events to get the the quick kills when you when you dodge perfectly this one's window seems really sloppy or maybe maybe i'm just not good at it i don't know or maybe your combat turned up too high (laughs) yeah i am playing on normal uh difficulty which which hasn't caused many issues, just kind of some of the, just feeling really weird when. Man, I turned my combat all the way down to easy, mm-hmm. and uh, I still feel like I die really quickly and like I can't dodge fast enough. So, yeah, I would not want to be playing on normal. <laughs> yeah. But but that that all being said, the story, the story is heading in some interesting directions, and and what starts as like oh this is going to be a game about preventing the apocalypse, like. They they quickly downplay that after mm. after the first uh, or second, I think there's the the tsunami and then the storm. This is all telegraphed at the very beginning, but um, 
they sort of downplay that as not being this thing that's happening right away and uh they do put a pause on that stuff but it it isn't in it's less of what the other two were where there's just this menacing bad guy organization uh they pack that up real quick like that Mm -hmm. that is a that is a clear you know character at the very beginning like these are the bad guys but that that gets shipped out pretty quickly uh you know further into the like maybe a little bit more into the game like it doesn't trinity as the faceless bad guys doesn't stick around for very long and it and it and it becomes more of this story about this this hidden city that you uh that you get to so Mm. i i think if you're looking for something different on the on the story standpoint alongside all the other mechanics that you love from the other games like you're gonna enjoy that side of things as well i think so it's just it's a mixed bag i think yeah, I'm looking forward to getting some more time in this game mm-hmm. because, like I said, I do still like the puzzles and the and the traversals. So uh, we'll probably have, you know, once I get through the majority of the story, we'll probably have another touch on final thoughts on Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Yeah. But uh, for now, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty decent entry. It's it's kind of middle of the road. If you love Tomb Raider, go pick it up now. If you don't, wait for a sale. I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, that brings us, oh, wait, uh, sorry, Patreon, Patreon, Patreon. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash thegamersin if you'd like to support the show. You can also join the conversation over on our Discord channel, which is bit.ly slash TGI Discord. We have a patron ad this week from Simon, who says Weekly News Desk is a podcast all about the geek news this week. You can join your two Knucklehead hosts, Andrew and Simon, as they keep you informed on movies, TV, video games, and books. You can find them on iTunes or at weeklynews.com. I uh, did want to remind everybody that tonight, right after the show, we're going to be playing some community games uh we have hit our game night goal on patreon again so we are playing don't starve together we talked about this a couple weeks ago when josh was on so uh yeah don't starve together is on the docket tonight so don't go anywhere after we finish the podcast recording and if you guys want to jump in remember that again is done through our discord that brings us to our topic of the week this week we are talking about telltale closing its doors um this seemed to come out of left field, to be honest, mm-hmm. because I feel like it wasn't that long ago that we got the announcement that Wolf Among Us 2 was being worked on. So it was, uh, I think, a little bit of a surprise to seemed like everybody involved, um, considering they, you know, have the rights to things like Game of Thrones and Walking Dead. And, you know, it really seemed like they were doing fine, but apparently not. So they said that a lot of the critical success of the games wasn't actually followed up with uh, with actual purchases. So, I mean, like, okay, it's always bad when studios close and lots of people lose their jobs. That's always very, very sad. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of these people are probably going to land on their feet. There seems to be a lot of interest in helping them. There's a lot, I've seen a lot on Twitter of people posting like, hey, my studio is looking for X, Y, and Z positions. Like, this stuff's available. Lots of it is remote work. You don't have to relocate, blah, 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 blah. So it seems like there's a lot of help for the employees that were laid off. So my comments are, I, I do always want to, like, the, I, I know that there are people involved and it's very, very sad that they lost their jobs. Mm-hmm. But Telltale as a studio and the games that they produce, let's be honest, I have not been the biggest fan since probably Wolf Among Us, the original one. Like, I don't think there's been a Telltale game that I've played that I've actually really enjoyed because, I mean, we talk about this every single time they release a new title is that their engine was kind of crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not shocked, I guess, by their lack of actual sales numbers because it seemed like after their original Walking Dead take with Clementine there hasn't really been anything that I feel like has been a like far and away success, like an everybody buy this, like everybody's owning it. Everybody's playing it. Like I guess, well, maybe Wolf Among Us would probably be the other one that I feel like a lot of people bought and a lot of people were playing, but Mm -hmm. Telltale didn't really seem to innovate all that much. And not a lot of people outside of you because I feel like you're a Walking Dead fan. So mm-hmm. you kept up with their offerings in that umbrella. But yeah. I didn't, nobody was talking about them. And yeah. everything, and Josh, I think, who is in the chat room right now is hitting on something else, is that 
every single thing they put out was an episodic game. And I fell off that model so hard. Like as soon as even um, the council, which mm -hmm. was not Telltale, but was another title that we um, talked about and played earlier on this year. As soon as I found out, like I started playing the game and I was having a really great time and it was this awesome experience. And then I was like, oh, it's episodic. Screw that. I'm not going to play it again until I have all the content available to me. So had I realized that, I wouldn't have bought the council. Like, I don't like episodic games. I think a lot of people don't like episodic games. So when you pair episodic games with kind of a janky engine, your stories have to be mm. uh, balls to kind of counteract those two things, I think. Yeah, it, we we talked a lot about this on uh, the latest Zamp. We went into it from from the Walking Dead side of things because there's a there's a whole other wrinkle on that side of thing. But when when you look at the company, I think I I agreed with you ever since we we played Wolf Among Us, and that's why we were so impressed by Life is Strange originally because it was this episodic game on uh, an engine that didn't look like. It, it, it aged poorly like life is strange mm -hmm. for even though it did look amazing still looked better than a lot of what telltale was doing and i and i think that's the biggest issue that telltale faced is that you're right like their storytelling uh was was it was i don't know game of thrones uh, aside like i don't know yeah, how they game messed that was, up so was hard. terrible but <laughs> um, but uh everything else like I, the writing was was good stuff. Like in terms of video games, in terms of the way that way the way you can write for video games, it was good writing. You know, again, Game of Thrones aside, that was that was really bad. Um, but if you're a fan of that license, like you are probably gonna really enjoy that game. But a lot of people were quick to point out, especially when they were announced, like, oh, Batman, that is a popular franchise. I wonder why they're making a Telltale game. Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I wonder why they're doing that. Like Game of Thrones, uh, they announced they were doing stuff with Netflix for Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. The Walking Dead, even being a being a big property, it's it always felt like they were chasing the you know the hot IP at the moment, and that's that's going behind the scenes a bit. And that a lot of people were saying like they were always chasing that lead, that new IP that would make them a bunch of money as opposed to focusing on story. And, you know, Josh is saying in the chat room that they actually fired 90 people last year. That was their attempt to kind of look at restructuring the company, focusing on smaller projects, deliverables, proper story. Whereas this year, the two games that were supposed to come out from, from Telltale was, I think whatever i don't maybe there was something earlier there was this like year. a minecraft one wasn't there yeah that was another one that they kind of they kind of kept doing a lot of like that was the other thing that was a problem a lot of these employees were worked very hard like it, it mm. was always constantly crunched just because of the episodic nature um but the walking dead final season is a game that is most likely going to go unfinished uh i didn't really dive deep on the on the store on the news that today just because of what was going on on the internet today but uh I didn't see whether there's any update outside of the fact that Telltale announced earlier this week that potential partners are looking to finish The Walking Dead final season. This could be the first time we see a season pass of an episodic game go unfulfilled. And what does that mean for the gamers like myself that purchased that season pass thinking we were getting the final season of The Walking Dead, but turns out we're only getting half of it. They mm -hmm. released episode two. You know, episode three and four were due in November and December. I don't. I don't think those are those are coming anytime soon or at all. Mm -hmm. uh, and the fact that they let all those employees go, no severance. Uh, you know, the, the no severance thing is a big deal. You know, that's yeah. uh, that's something that there's a class class action lawsuit out there. I mean, Telltale is probably going to be burned to the ground for this stuff. Like, I wouldn't anticipate seeing anything come out of them. The only thing they kept well, they kept people if... on, yeah, but. If employees didn't receive severance, then Telltale is going to declare bankruptcy and employees are going to be the last ones to get paid. So, yeah. And the gamers <laughs> I, as well are, are, are going to be the last people. Well, to... yeah, exactly. I guess, yeah, employees technically would probably get paid before any money would come back to gamers. So, I mean, that does very much call this whole 
season pass thing. And this is why this was the only news I really wanted to talk about this mm. week is it calls the whole idea of season passes into question. And like, what happens if a studio can't fulfill their end of the bargain? Like, can you go back to steam and request a refund? Probably I, not. <laughs> probably not, because I played the first episode, and I also didn't... I bought it on Humble Bundle, I think. Mm. Um, I was just going to look at... Josh is saying in the chat room that they might not... They might not have... Uh, 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 partners to finish up The Walking Dead. But they... Honestly, at this point, like, for me, I'm... I can look at this uh, from a practical standpoint. Like, the company is shuttered, basically. They have mm -hmm. 25 employees left to finish a deal with Netflix for the Minecraft story stuff they're doing. And that is just a glorified choose your own adventure. They're basically taking the game and trans, you know, transmogifying it. Like they're changing it into <laughs> being this like Netflix adventure where you sit there with a remote and you, you make choices. And it's, it's basically a YouTube choose your own adventure, basically. Right. Um, not a whole lot. Like if you can have 25 people doing that, that tells me that there's 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 not a, a good chunk of work, and Netflix probably already paid them for the work, so that's why they have to finish it. Right. Um, but where where our rights? Which is funny because in, you already paid them for the game. <laughs> yeah. And on one side, part of me's like, dude, we're owed this season. And on the other side, I'm like, ah, oh, man, a lot of people lost their jobs in a very expensive place to live doing uh doing something that is that might be hard to come by in that area because it is so expensive to live there like there's all these factors that leave me kind of thinking like shit i don't know what 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 to do here like i guess just life lesson don't buy a season pass from companies that are clearly struggling um but then it's also, like I say, it's also kind of hard to tell when companies are potentially struggling, even though there were layoffs last year, because like you say, that was supposed to be a bit of a restructuring and they seem to still be getting all of these big properties, right? And they had The Walking Dead coming out and all of these things. I, I mean, I don't know about, you know, employees in the know or if they weren't in the know or what the case is, but from the total outside, it looked like Telltale was potentially making the right moves to get themselves back on track. And if I was, you know, like Netflix, I wouldn't be partnering with a company that was about to go under. At least that's what I would think from, again, total outside perspective. So, like, there weren't necessarily big red flags on Telltale to tell me, like, oh, they're not going to finish The Walking Dead. Like, I shouldn't buy this because they're not going to finish it. I don't think anyone would have called that. <laughs> yeah, The Walking Dead being one of those games that you kind of felt was untouchable because that was their flagship. But I guess some news that it had been posted earlier today is basically like they, the reason we didn't see this coming is that they were in talks for financing and they pulled out at the last minute and then that caused them having to shut everything down. And it everybody at the company was just working to keep things going. Mm. But still, at the end of the day, like, these 250 people have lost their jobs. Like they're looking for work. You're right. A lot of companies have piled on the telltale jobs hashtag, but a lot of those companies are going to require those people to move. You know, mm. like they aren't based in the very expensive location. I think it was like, it was like somewhere in California that telltale is based. Like there are, these are companies like EA, like, Oh, you know, I saw uh, the guys behind, I think it's like CCP. Like they're in Sweden. It's like, Hey, we have lots of jobs. It's like, well, okay, I'll uproot my family and go work in Sweden. Like, that's not, it. it's positive, but it's, these are people who had jobs thinking they were working for a solid company like Telltale. And uh, mm -hmm. it, it's unfortunate because I, I thought that they were, I thought they were making an interesting turn with the fact that they were working on the final season of The Walking Dead, a sequel to Wolf Among Us. Like, they were focusing on quality projects as, as opposed to going after, the hot new license now i know stranger things like that, that is the hot new license but <laughs> man i don't know it's a it's a super bummer and i think the story is going to get worse before it gets better especially mm -hmm. with the class action lawsuits and and they're very cryptic like they're still a company they still exist so there's still someone there to tell us what's going on but it might just be this netflix thing and then they will just quietly disappear which yeah. really sucks yeah i don't think that telltale is actually like from what I understand, from what the um, like press release 
the wording there, it very much seemed like, okay, this is our skeleton crew because we have contracts to fulfill. And then after that, we're just going to close the doors. Like, it seems like they're just effectively closed as a studio. So yeah. too bad for those uh, employees. It really is. Um, but yeah, I, it's not going to impact my gaming at all. Cause I haven't like, I was, I was, I guess, decently excited for Wolf Among Us too, because like you said, the, the story wise, I thought Wolf Among Us was interesting and unique. And though it was based on an existing fables property, it wasn't like, it wasn't like Guardians. It wasn't even like Walking Dead. Like it was, um, I feel like Fables was like small enough that it mm -hmm. just let gave them space to tell their own stuff, you know, and they, mm -hmm. they, they told a good story there. So I was looking forward to more of that, but it is what it is. Um, I guess if you guys liked Telltale games, you should have bought them. <laughs> more games, bought more of their games. I bought think more that. of their games, yep. Yep, yeah. but... That's going to do it for us tonight, I think. Uh, you can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Ryan is Dar Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. The video versions of all our episodes are streamed live on Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash thegamersin and are also available after the fact over on Twitch. You can also email the show and uh, let us know what you're playing at info at as well as if you guys have, again, anything to donate to our Extra Life campaign in terms of Steam keys you're not using or anything that you'd like to give away, email the show at info at Thanks for staying at the Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.